The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield in Kearney. The Governor's Ag Conference is getting underway later this afternoon. And, of course, Eric Kruger joins us with Smart Yield. And, Eric, i got to tell you, it's been a while. You and I were just talking about this. It's been a while since we've seen this much red on the screen for the grains. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've uh, seen really red across the board, uh, corn, beans, and wheat. What is the, some of the factors? As we look at it, I mean, we've had so many up days. We can't only go up so much, like you said. And to have a day like today turn to the negative, is it just a lot of anticipation? We do have that um, crop report coming out tomorrow. Yeah, I think it was maybe a little bit of you know, long liquidation on soybeans, maybe just some light liquidation there and carried over into the other markets. And I think what we're really doing is just anticipating uh, the reports tomorrow, USDA and CONAB, and it's going to give us probably a better direction uh, just on some world numbers and then uh, where we go from here. With so many uh, folks kind of getting ready to hit the fields, I know what's happening already in the southern part of the U.S., a lot of anticipation. How much weight's going to be put on this report tomorrow? You know, I think there's some pretty good weight, uh, more probably for the South American numbers, to really see what the USDA is going to do and what CONAB's going to do as far as changing our world outlook. And then, you know, really it's, it's probably going to shift focus right back to uh, the end of March here and get in our planning intentions reports for, uh, for our crop. And, of course, we're all anticipating what we're going to see in those numbers. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be the big question, and the market's probably going to move here over the next three weeks uh, anticipating that. Production-wise, let's jump to South America. You talked about that. This report tomorrow will be closely watched because of that. Double crop areas of Brazil seem to have gotten some moisture. Is it a good thing? Are they going to keep planting, or is it behind schedule as they have been for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I think some of that moisture is good, and like I said, some of that's going to delay a little bit. Um, but we are looking at Brazil probably having a little increase in soy production, and I think the market's seeing that, but probably not fully offsetting what we're looking at as a loss in Argentina. It's really going to come down to is what that uh, production loss is going to end up being, and then what carry up, carries over from that to corn as well. So we know, we know there's going to be there is issues, and, and there's going to be a cut, but how much is really on this report going forward? And that's what we've been kind of banking on for the last couple of weeks. I mean, last time you and I talked, there was a lot of anticipation to see a drop in some of these numbers. Yeah, and I think the market's trading that, and we are. And we're going to see where those numbers really shake out. We probably aren't going to break it as much as some people in the market want to because we usually just don't take huge chunk um, uh, one report to the next. But I think there'll be a significant... uh, you know, we talked about the, the corn side of it, Eric. What about for the soybeans? Are we going to see or find out some yield loss numbers possibly in tomorrow's report? I mean, there's been so much talk that in that area as well. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to see that. And I think that CONAB report tomorrow morning is going to really give us a, a good probably start to the day. It comes out earlier than the USDA report, and it's going to probably set the tone. Uh, but it's going to answer a lot of questions. I know there's some independent um, analysis out there that thinks uh, it's a lot lower number than probably what we're going to see in the low 40s. We'll probably see something. I think the trade's looking for, you know, the high, you know, 48 area for Argentina and Brazil a little higher than last month, uh, probably up in the 113 for soybeans. Um, and we'll see what happens on the report, like I said. And then, you know, that'll give us a, really an area to start with and see if, you know, it might be a little too little too late. If it looks like here in the two week for Argentina, there's a little bit of moisture, but 
like I said, it may be too little too late. Well, I know that there is a lot of old crop beans that are still sitting in the bins in so many areas of Argentina. Producers, they're kind of banking on having a bad crop this year so they can gain some higher prices. Yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting and a little different marketing in the way we look at it. But, you know, I think like we talked uh, last time I was on, they, they do use it almost as, as a currency. What are we seeing export-wise? I mean, we're sitting at a Wednesday. Usually we hear some trickle-in news. China's back from holiday. But again, corn beans, it's pretty quiet. It is. We did have a, a nice announcement of 120,000 uh, tons to China on the bean market. Um, if, if you go over to corn and look, and, and we over the last really months to two months, we've, we've seen exports increase, and we've needed that. To, it's kind of trying to play catch up a little bit. But exports have been good. And, and if you go back and look at the dollar, the dollar's back uh, today and yesterday, back below that $90 level. And I think that's a huge deal. And if we can keep the dollar lower, it's going to keep incentivizing uh, some exports to move. And, of course, all that is outside market influences will be a big factor as well on the exports when we hear all the continued talk of, of NAFTA and, and the trade wars that are being discussed because of steel and aluminum. Yeah, and I think that's there's there's that big risk, that, that what if and that unknown when it comes to some of these this tariff talks and what's going to happen with NAFTA. And, you know, I think big picture, if you just step back and look, um, the world needs our crop. Um, it's just you, you hope there isn't some, you know, some event that comes in that changes that a lot. And I think that's where you, you got to kind of take into that risk and where we're at in the market. We've seen some really nice moves. And if, if you're worried about that, you got to really uh, take advantage and maybe take some risk off the table. Let's look at this wheat market. On Friday, I drove to Texas. It was dry. It looked miserable. Drove back yesterday. And besides the fact that it was extremely windy, and I'm sure that's sapping any moisture that this winter wheat crop had, Oklahoma had seen a bit of green up just in a couple of days. Yeah, it's amazing how that wheat crop can can change uh, after after dormancy with just a little bit of moisture. But the, the big picture, and is they have been dry. We've continued to stay dry. And if you look on the you know the seven day and even in the to uh, the month forecast, it's going to continue to stay stay dry in the, in the southern U.S. And I, I think that's going to support wheat. And we've seen some sell offs in wheat here recently that have been supported and bought back, and I think that's going to continue. Does it cause for some nervousness to, for producers to the north? wondering if there's going to be additional corn and bean acres because the wheat crop in so many areas might be considered a failure this year? Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of concern there. Um, we're going to find that out really soon. You know, over the next 30 days, we're really going to probably have a better grasp on what what's going to be left and what's not and what's going to be planted to a new crop. And um, that, that we'll find out here in, in the near term. But, you know, hopefully... Uh, we step back and look at that, and that hopefully won't be a big acre swing. And if it is, you got to remember they're they're, they're going to put a new crop then in into a ground that's been dry and, and looks to stay dry. So. Well, stick stick around, folks. Eric Kruger's joining us with Smart Yield. We are at the Governor's Ag Conference for the Fontenelle Final Bell, right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield in Kearney today where the Governor's Ag Conference gets underway later this afternoon. And joining us from his office just across town is Eric Kruger with Smart Yield based out of Kearney. We left off on, on, on the wheat market and the way we're seeing that trade. And I, I wanted to quickly jump back before we jump into livestock, but they kind of merged together here a little bit, Eric. Are we seeing or are you hearing of more cattle being put out on these wheat fields because it just isn't enough to to possibly even give them a substantial crop this year. 
Yeah, I haven't heard as much of that, I guess, but I'm sure we will see that. Um, and, and like we said, once once some of these final decisions are made with, with what guys are going to do with certain fields, then we'll probably see a little more of that. Well, let's look at the livestock side. We'll start out with the hogs because they've been weaker. They've had a bit of a struggle as of late. Kind of normal, like you said, this time of year, but still a concern for our producers. Yeah, and we've, we've, we've seen a turn down really here in pork here last couple of days. We had a nice futures bounce, a little recovery, two-day recovery, and then uh, the last couple of days we've just been extremely weak, and we're starting to, at least on the futures market and in cash, uh, probe down to some, some lower levels and, and really some lows that we've seen over the last few months. For these hogs, are we going to see some you know additional market shifts? We've got all these plants online. We thought we were going to be able to fill and continue to, to keep that demand up there. Yeah, and I think cash trending down is gonna is is gonna continue to uh, hurt this market. And then you look at the slaughter numbers just being so strong, and that's I think that's a, a product of having those extra plants online now. And slaughters I think going to continue to stay strong, and we're gonna have to move that product. And uh, part of that is you get you get too much product, and prices will come down. Well, we got to look at the bright side of it. Spring is just around the corner, which is going to get folks excited about grilling again. So hopefully, from both a cattle and a beef perspective, that helps to pick up that consumption pace a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And we've we've really seen it's it's been a nice nice to see that we're really chewing through a lot of these cattle that we have on hand. Um, slaughter's way up from a year ago, and we're seeing our supply kind of pressure this market and looking at a huge uh, production increase into the second quarter over last year. But we've we've seen cattle kind of hit, hit some support numbers and stay, and um, kind of saw you know live cattle close up today, which was nice. Uh, kind of holding below cash, though. You know, we've maybe seen some basis trading coming in. I think we've seen that with futures uh, two and a half three dollars below where cash is trading had cash trade yesterday and this morning in that 126 area on live cattle so we're just you know it's, it's nice to see the market kind of stay supported here um, we'll see if we can get a spring run um, hopefully that happens to give guys you know maybe another opportunity to uh, get some deferred cattle price but has the stability and the consistency of that market been here for the cattle producer to be able to kind of get an idea and a feel to where we're going into spring yeah, I think it has been. And, and another nice thing is, you know, these producers have been given a really good opportunity um, with uh, the feed cost being lower and being able to hopefully lock that up before we've seen these seasonal moves up. And that usually happens. But um, it, it's nice to see cattle stabilize, and hopefully we'll see, uh, see the you know, those deferred months come up to these front months. And like I said, we got a lot of cattle to get through, but we're getting through them. And if that continues, that's only going to help. Uh, lessen that decline later in the year. Well, we've seen a few starter bids coming out of Nebraska at 202. Is that going to kind of set the base for the rest of the week? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's probably right in line with where uh, the market's looking. And, um, you know, I think that the one nice thing is beef has been strong, so that's keeping margins up there on the Packer side, and that, that should incentivize them a little bit to keep buying and at least hold these levels. What are your thoughts on the way the feeder cattle have been as of late? You know, we've seen a, a decent sell-off there, but, and, you know, you've got March, you know, on the board here down, uh, you know, this 143 area, April 145, deferred months, of course, up in the 150s, and I think like we've, like we've seen over on the live cattle side, we've seen it stabilize. Um, I think a lot of that's due to the market and where beef's at, and hopefully um, we can see these price levels hold. Curious, 40 plus inches on the on the east coast they're talking another 22 plus inches hitting areas of new york over the next couple of days does that cause any concern for you guys when it comes to the consumption and movement of of meat product 
It does. It, it really does. And you, you just hope it doesn't stick around for long. Hopefully around a time of the year where we can get through, uh, you know, some of that snowstorm and have it be gone quick because uh, it's, it's population based. And when you look at consumer demand, um, there's a lot more beef eaten on the East Coast than there is out here. So uh, we, we just hope that that clears up for them soon. Well, planters are going to be hitting the field very soon. Guys are working on calving. What's some last-minute thoughts you might want them to think about when it comes to marketing into the next couple of weeks, Eric? You know, we're, we're just at a volatile time of the year. We have a, a report, of course, tomorrow that we've touched. We've got a planet, you know, bid planning and retentions report at the end of the month. And I think we've seen on, on the grain side, corn and beans both up into levels that guys have really got starting to get aggressive and starting to look at opportunities on the cash side or just on, you know, on slow, the floor pricing side and on cattle as well. We had a really nice opportunity, uh, here over the last month to, uh, lock in some good pricing. And if, if we see a move back up here in cattle, we need to probably take a strong look at that again. Best way for folks, Eric, to reach you guys in the office at Smart Yield. Yeah, they can give us a call at 308-234-6805, or you can go online to see us at mysmartyield.com. Wonderful. Eric Kruger has been joining us today from Smart Yield. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by your local Fontenelle dealer and, of course, Fontenelle themselves. We appreciate their support. Enjoy the Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.